Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, this is Mark, and I want to welcome you guys back to another very special edition of the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today is the 6th of January, 2017, and this is going to be part six of the Authority Hacker New Year Starter Series. That's a series of seven podcasts, one every day, where we'll be taking you through everything you need to know about how to get your profitable authority site up and running this year. You can find the show notes, links, resources, as well as all of the other episodes in this series over at authorityhacker.com forward slash starter. Now, today's podcast is all about SEO for your stage one authority site. If you don't know what your stage one authority site is, please go back and listen to the previous episodes. This is going to be a massive topic. Uh, We could literally talk about this for days, but in this episode, we're going to be breaking down SEO into exactly what you should be focusing on. The truth is SEO is not really a difficult topic. It just requires focus and consistency. So be sure to listen to the whole episode here. But just before we start, I want to invite you guys to webinar we're running on Sunday and also on Monday. The title is The Exact Techniques Perrin Used to Turn $2,000 into an Authority Site Worth Over $200,000. So if that sounds interesting, you want to learn more, it's completely free. You can go over to authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar and sign up. The times are Sunday 8th of January at 9 p.m. London, 5 p.m. New York, and Monday 9th of Jan at 10 p.m. New York, 7 p.m. West Coast. So once again, it's authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar to sign up for that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back, guys. Back here again with Gail and Perrin. How are you guys doing? Amazing. You wouldn't even believe how good I'm doing. <laughs> Sense of it, sarcasm there. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, let's tell the truth. The truth is we were pretty low energy when we did it the first time. And then Mark was like, no, you guys need to sound like you're super excited. So we yeah. are definitely very excited right now. Yeah, <laughs> All right. So Perrin, what's SEO? Tell us. SEO is really just a collection of activities that are all together meant to help your site, various pages on your site, rank higher in Google so that when people type things into Google, they'll see your site there and they will click on your site. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. That's kind of what it means. Optimizing your site for search engines like Google and being in Yahoo, but mostly what we're talking about when we talk about SEO is how to rank in Google. Really, that boils down to three basic parts. The first is like technical stuff. That's going to be how your site is set up, how fast your site loads, and like the structure of your site, and also some on-site technical elements that are a little bit more nuanced. It's going to be content. So content that targets specific keywords. So that thing that a searcher is typing into Google, that's a keyword. To do SEO properly, you want to create content that targets that keyword. And you want to do it correctly also. And this also includes on-page elements, so things that your content needs to have in order for Google to understand it. And then finally, links. When we say links, we mean hyperlinks on other sites pointing to your site. And when you put all these things together, and of course, we're going to talk about them in detail in a second, but when you put the technical parts of SEO, content that targets keywords and links together, hopefully, if you're doing all of them correctly, the pages on your site will rank for good keywords. People will see them in Google 
and click on that. It's kind of a weird thing for most new like beginners because these things just don't seem like they would influence Google at all. If you feel that doing that stuff, it, it just makes no sense that would help your rankings. It's kind of true. Like, you know, links, for example, why would links help your ranking? It just, you know, we are so used to it, but like, it makes no sense, really. Just that is the way Google works. It's just like, it is a complicated algorithm, but it boils down to these three things. And, and I have heard a lot of beginners be like, really? That's how you rank in Google? Yeah, that is essentially. What is the algorithm? What? <laughs> I can't give you the exact algorithm because someone's going to come and kill me if I do. But essentially it is... He's kidding. It's Nobody knows what it is. <laughs> no I know, but I can't tell you, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it first looks essentially what is on your site. And there's so many complex things that will essentially... Before it was looking at keywords inside the content, but now it's, it's more of like how keywords relate to each other and overall the idea they express. Like, you know, Google's been investing so much in AI now that, you know, they, they can understand images, right? They can look at an image and the algorithm is going to tell you what's on that image. So they can definitely look at text and actually understand concepts. So uh, for example, if you, the example I always take is say you write about Barack Obama and you want to rank for it, your content needs, not necessarily to mention, to say Barack Obama like a hundred times or mention your keyword as many times as possible. That's how SEO worked back then. But nowadays it's more like, you know, what are the topics that are related to Barack Obama? Well, there's his wife. So if you say Michelle Obama, that is a good keyword you should include in there. If you say Harvard, where he studied, that is a good place. If you talk about Hawaii, where he was born, that is a good thing. If you talk... <laughs> if you talk about all these things and you know when he was elected and kind of like the big milestones of his life essentially then google essentially the algorithm is going to be like oh okay so like these pages talking about a lot of things relating to that core topic which is the life of barack obama then that page should rank for barack obama and that is the on page now the off page is essentially the algorithms are smart, but not that smart. We're not in a world where AI does everything. It just does very specific things. And so to kind of complete that AI power, Google uses the, it uses essentially social proof. It's like voting. When people link back to your site, whenever they talk about it, they essentially say, Hey, go check that site out. And because you, they do that, you know, Google's like, okay, well, it, I don't seem to be the only one that thinks that's a good page. So I'm probably going to rank it higher. And so the more links a page has, the more it will rank essentially. So that's, that's basically the core of the algorithm. Then obviously there are like so many ranking factors and, and you could go into technicalities, but I don't want to go through that because the truth is you don't even need to understand all of them to do well in Google. And I don't think you should blow your mind with technicalities when you can actually work on getting stuff done and make money you know yeah another way i i often explain it to people is it's kind of like when you meet someone new for the first time you get an initial impression of them by you know observing or meeting them yourself but you're only seeing the sort of the the front that they put forward when you when you're meeting them I mean, it's the same when Google visits your site to see, you know, what keywords it finds or what content is on there. So it relies on signals from other people. So imagine if a bunch of other people said nasty things about someone, then you'd probably take that into account in forming your overall opinion or overall impression of someone. So I think how Gail explained it as like a voting system is probably quite a good kind of an analogy there. 
And something else which he said was this, you don't get too sort of caught up and overwhelmed and kind of trying to maximize thousands of different ranking factors at the, at the same time, because all that Google's trying to do is mirror how people perceive websites kind of naturally. If you have an awesome site, then you're going to be doing most of the, or at least a lot of the signals, which it evaluates correctly or, or very, very well, at least anyway. So it's kind of like, like back in the day, we used to just optimize things, whereas now it's more like actually creating value. Yeah. I think we should also talk about, you know, kind of like the different schools of SEO, because I imagine people listening to us that want to start, they've been following maybe other blogs and other people doing things and we might be doing things slightly differently. And so I think it's the best way to understand the way people do SEO. And it's not the best way, but it is an easy way is to classify them into three schools. It's like there's the black hat SEOs, there's the gray hat SEOs, and there's the white hat SEOs. Now we're going to be focusing mostly on link building in that case, although there's going to be a little bit of on page, but link building, it's something that we didn't say, but links are a really big part of this algorithm. So like, you know, the on-page stuff is important, but really links uh, for historically have been actually the biggest part of the algorithm. It seems to be shifting towards more towards more on-page these days, but overall, like the, being able to get links to your site is an extremely important skill. And essentially where people distinguish themselves usually in terms of this black hat, gray hat, white hat is in link building. And so... The black hat people are people that essentially do pretty much illegal stuff to get links to their website. So that would be hacking someone else's website and and putting links to back to a site of theirs. So hacking indirectly by, you know, a lot of people offer like WordPress plugins, for example, that will inject links into your site. And that is essentially black hat. That would also be like spamming. So you could be spamming stuff like forums or ticket systems or whatever. There are tools out there like XRumor that uh, allow people to do that stuff. There was Scrapebox back there, back then with block comments as well. That kind of stuff. You could argue that Scrapebox is more like Grey Hat, but you know, it gives you an idea. Like it's essentially some stuff that harms the internet. Usually that is what I would call black hat. Then there's people doing what we call Grey Hat and the goal of Grey Hat is really like to not harm other people, but to kind of cut corners in terms of ranking and essentially get backlinks when you don't deserve them. And back then there would be people doing stuff like article marketing. So there would be these hundreds and thousands of literally websites that would just host random, really terrible articles, usually spun articles. So they were not written by humans. They were essentially written by AI. They would be barely readable and essentially link back to your site. And that was how you would acquire a lot of links to your site. Web 2.0 as well. So things like WordPress.com or Blogspot or Wix, that kind of stuff people would use to, you know, build links back to their site essentially. And what is all the rage these days that you may have heard from other bloggers because a lot of other bloggers do that stuff is PBNs and it's called, it's the acronym for private blog network. And private blog network is basically having a bunch of websites that you use to link back to your site. So it doesn't really hurt the internet. It's like these sites, usually nobody visits them and usually they're based on old domain names that used to be real sites that people buy after, you know, people stop using them. So usually these domain names have links because they used to be previous businesses or previous legit websites. 
and they have power because of that. And they link back to your website and that is how you run. You want to say something about PBNs, by the way, Perrin, because I know you have some experience with that. Yeah, I mean, not really. <laughs> I'm kind of done talking about PBNs, but yeah, PBNs are are just a, a massive trend and people get in trouble for them. And I would even say that they are more along the lines of black hat. I'd say black hat breaks the law, gray hat breaks the terms of service of Google and white hat is yeah, for sure, in line for with sure. that, That's how I would put yeah. it, you know? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so, you know, PBNs are all the rage mostly because people don't want to bother learning marketing skills. But in the end, they usually end up being more risky, more expensive, and way less efficient. Yeah, that's efficient. Than that's one thing. They so. are more expensive. And that, yeah. that is one thing people don't understand. It's like we've been talking about it for so long. It is more expensive to do gray hat than white hat. But let's just yeah. jump on white hat. Essentially, white hat is, as I said, like some stuff that essentially is in line with every terms of service and essentially you break no rules. And usually it is like proper real marketing. So there's going to be a lot of like collaboration with other websites things like guest posting. So like you would post content on their site uh, that links back to your site, but they're, they're cool with it. They've reviewed that content. They know about it. Or, you know, you help them with something and they link to you or you just have a really, really good piece of content and you say, hey, I think you have this article here where you could reference that piece of content because that would be helpful for the people that read it and people at the link. Or infographics were all the rage a while ago and they still work. Or just being added to a resource page, or th there is plenty of ways essentially to do white hat link building. But that is a essentially white hat link building is when the site owner knows about the site and is happy to add a link to your site because they think your site is great and it's going to be helpful. Um, that is that in a nutshell. Anything to add on that? Yeah, I would say the way, like white hat is real marketing, and you're providing value to everyone, to all readers of all sites where content is or where links are originating from or point and or pointing to gray hat is making it look to google like you're doing that gray hat is a technical not. glitch essentially it's like and google black, not being smart enough to figure yeah. out that they shouldn't rank you and just just to point out i mean four or five years ago gail and i used to run a marketing agency and we used to do a lot of this gray hat stuff for dozens you did um, I actually didn't. hundreds of hundreds of clients <laughs> and um yeah you showed me everything and there comes a point when google catches up with you and uh, they they figure out the network or they figure out everything that's that's happening they update their algorithm and then all your sites lose 95 percent of their traffic or, or even like 100 percent in some cases and everything you've built is lost so if that's something you're willing to risk then by all means go explore PBNs. It may work for you. I know there are people having some short-term success with it, making a lot of money in the short term, but th like for sure there will come a day when uh, when those stop becoming worthwhile at all. Yeah. Um, so, Actually, one uh, of my predictions for 2017 is that Google will put a much harder reset on backlinks for drop domains, which should make PBNs a lot harder, essentially. Yeah. So in the previous lesson yesterday, when we were talking about doing affiliate marketing and content around that, one of the things we said was, you know, after you've done a little bit of this yourself, you should outsource it. So start paying people to write articles for you, start buying content. 
But when it comes to link building, basically you should never buy links, or at least we we say you should never buy links. Do you want to maybe elaborate a bit on that and and why why that's the case and why that might be a bad idea? Do you want to do it, Tarino? Yeah, sure. So there is a little bit of gray area here because you can use money to to buy links in a white hat way. So there are agencies that exist uh, who do link building in a true white hat or using true white hat methodologies they're helping you create content they're reaching out manually and you and you can just pay someone money and then get a link in return however these places are hard to find and it's even easier to accidentally land on an agency who says they're doing white hat but is actually doing gray hat right so that's one thing and i think that's that's what uh a lot of people might think they're getting when they're buying a link. But there are also other ways of buying links that are uh, certainly not white hat and can be very dangerous. And some of them might seem okay, but are still in direct violations of Google Terms of Service. The big one that I'm seeing now is people emailing journalists for like Huffington Post or Lifehacker or whatever and just saying like, hey, I'll give you $300 if you include a link in my article. And that really... It seems like it's safe, it's easy to get away with. The thing about that is, though, that if they're selling you a link, they're probably selling it to every Joe Schmo out there with any crappy website. And so what tends to happen is that these places start to become bad neighborhoods and you are what you know we in the industry call bad neighborhoods. And then you're associated with all these crappy sites that are buying links, and that puts you at risk indirectly. Also, buying a link from somebody, so like saying, I want a link on your website in exchange for money, which is different than, you know, outsourcing the work of it. Uh, But exchanging money for a link is against Google's terms of service. And if they find out you're doing it, you're in trouble. Also, the reason, the main reason we recommend not buying links for our students, especially if you're doing a stage one site, is that it is super expensive. So Legit agencies are going to be charging anywhere from $200 per link on the low end all the way up to, you know, several hundred dollars for a link or $1,000 a link on the high end. The way we teach it, you can get links for no money or 5 bucks or 10 bucks just by learning a skill and putting in a little bit of work. I'm so, using like a cheap tool, usually like GMAS or something like that's it. Right, which is uh, between like 9 and $20 per month, right? So... It's inherently shady. There are lots of bad agencies out there, and it's way too expensive, especially compared to what you can get links for if you just put in a tiny bit of effort. So let's talk about the things you need to do in order to build white hat links. And we alluded to some of these in the show we did a couple of days ago on um, creating a credible first site. And I think, Gail, you mentioned that it's quite important to have a, a credible looking site so that when you, you're doing link building, it just makes it easier. To yeah. Why, why is that? I mean, there's a method to madness, right? The reason we, we had an entire podcast episode about making your site more credible is because the reason why people fall into these like gray hat stuff usually like very few people unless they're very technical people get into black hat unless they buy links from like networks like SAP etc but the reason they get into that stuff is because they're usually they're either lazy or they try the white hat stuff and it doesn't work for them it doesn't work because nobody like people look at their sites and they're like 
you know what? This is a terrible site. There's no reason for me to link to you. So uh, the first thing you need is have a credible looking site. And if you haven't listened to a podcast on making your first site credible, go for that. I mean, like tiny things like the HTTPS, like the way you choose and arrange your theme, the way you do your branding with your colors, your logo, your fonts, etc. Uh, the persona, how credible he is, etc. It is very important, even though that may sound trivial when you're doing all that stuff. And it, what happens is a lot of people skip these things. They try to link building right away because, hey, it's all about links, right? And it doesn't work. And then because it doesn't work, they get to gray hat. Because they get to gray hat, eventually they get banned. And then they're like, well, F that online marketing stuff and they're never successful so you know one tiny thing can link to another another thing is having value content on your site so we've mentioned that in the affiliate marketing podcast the one yesterday so you should also listen to that but you know even though we do have on stage one sites a lot of commercial content it also is important that you have content that literally doesn't sell anything and just serves your audience. And usually for us on the stage one site, it's around 20% of the content, but we really put effort into it, like in the formatting, in the length, in the, you know, in how deep it is. And we try to make it really epic. And what we try to do as well is we try to put it forward in the navigation and on the homepage. The people that will join the authority site system will see what I mean, but you know, we try to, it has a very prominent place in a way that when you navigate the site, despite the fact that it is only around 20% of the content, it feels like it's a lot more because you, you see it pop up on the sidebar, you see it pop up on navigation, you see it pop up on the top of the homepage, like, you know, we will value first and selling second, etc. Um, but because of that, like, it goes together with the credibility, essentially. Like, we also angle our sites usually on not like, hey, we're going to help you buy as much stuff as possible, but rather, hey, we're going to help you with that issue or that lifestyle or whatever. So, like, if you look at healthambition.com, one of our sites, you know, it says helping you making healthier life decisions. We're not saying, hey, we're going to sell you a bunch of supplements and all that stuff. Like, that is not how we present ourselves. We present ourselves in, hey, we're helping you making better choices. And, you know, part of making better choices is also getting the right supplements if you need them and helping you pick the right one. And that is how we make money. So it really is an angling thing. The third one is the persona. I think it's it's very important that you establish that. Whether it's you or a pen name, essentially, like it can be you, but, you know, having a strong about page that explains who that person is and, you know, pictures on the website so it's not anonymous, etc. And fourth, to do well with link building is very simple, is hustling. A lot of people are lazy to do the email outreach or they don't know what to do. If you don't know what to do, we can definitely help you. If you're lazy, not really. But just know that it takes work to get that going. But because of the long-term return, and I've explained that your post period when, like the post on how you switch to the authority site model, that even if you're a gray hat and you restart every like 12 or 18 months, you know, after 24 months, the white hat person makes something like 50% more money and it's way more after 36, etc. because there's no reset point like there is in gray hat. So there is definitely a hustle, but there's also a hustle in gray hat. Building PBNs is definitely not hustle-free and it pays more. So that is, I think, the four things you need. One, credible looking site. Two, value content. Three, strong persona. Four, hustle. 
All right. Uh, on Tuesday's podcast, we talked about shiny object syndrome. I think some of the points there also kind of shine through uh, when it when it comes specifically to to link building. You know, a lot of people get um, distracted, or uh, you know, they hear about some cool new link building technique, and they drop everything they're doing, and then they they try and do that for a while, and then you know they do, they don't stick at it; it doesn't work. And they hear about something else, or they see something on YouTube about doing this new technique, and you know they're they're always kind of like chasing the latest and greatest link, yeah. link building technique. Yeah, I mean, technique. if you if you're an online marketing blogger, you have to write these kind of posts as well to get some kind of action on your site. So. You know, people that write about online marketing are also incentivized to essentially show you the next shiny object because that's how their sites essentially survive. In reality, though, what works is the most basic things which are explained all over. I mean, if you search how to do guest posting on Google, you will find hundreds or thousands probably of people with very, very detailed guides on how to do it. You pick one of those and follow it and just keep doing that and it's gonna work you're gonna get links and one of the biggest issues i one of the biggest problems i see is people come to us and say yeah i tried this tried outreaching i i contacted a bunch of bloggers and no one no one got back to me without even asking to oh can i see your outreach template or what niche are you in the first question is how many outreach messages did you send and usually the answer is like oh 20 or 30 or something and you know you're just getting started with that you need to be you need to do a statistically significant number here we're talking several hundred before you can really evaluate things and if you're doing several hundred outreach messages you're all but certain you're gonna you're gonna start getting some some links here yeah for sure Um, so can i jump in real quick yep yeah, so I think the main lesson here is to focus on the basics. And I'll tell you what the basic outreach methods are right now. It's like four or five things, right? It's guest posting, it's broken link building, it's like infographic marketing, links and resources pages, and Skyscraper. We're not going to go into detail, but you can find information on all of those anywhere, plus they're inside our course. Any one of those should give you, for most niches, and if not in your narrow niche, then maybe like one broad step above. For like any one of those should give you so many potential link opportunities that you won't have time to follow up. So, plus, they've been proven to work for years and they've been proven to be safe for years. So, there's literally no reason to, to do anything other than those four or five like battle tested tactics. And I can't tell you how many times we've been like, or I've fired up Facebook in the morning to check and see what's going on in the group. And somebody's asking like, what about this crazy new technique that this guy is using and he's making $4,000 a month with it. And it's just so often either shady or not really true or not worth it or not going to be cheaper or more efficient than just learning the basics and mastering the basics. And of course, you're going to start with one thing and you do need a little bit of diversity in your profile. But if you just pick a a tactic or two that's been proven to work for everybody over and over again and master it, you'll be much better off than uh, trying to, you know, chase every new idea that pops up on the internet. Great. So, Go ahead. I was just going to say, and you can build on it. Like, because these tactics last for so long, you can, you actually have time to get better. Usually these shady tactics, you know, they, they change every six months and you're just like, it's essentially, you know, chasing these shiny object stuff. And 
you don't get better. You just end up at the same point of being a newbie at everything you do because you change every six months. So I definitely like the idea of building systems and also team members, right? When you scale up, you can hire people, train them, and they can do guest posts for you for years. And that's awesome because then they can literally handle all your link building. And really, it's just uh, it's just money at this point. Great. So uh, that's SEO and link building. Anything else to add to that, guys? I think we said everything. Thanks again for listening to today's show, guys. Uh, hope you got a lot of value out of that. If you want to learn more SEO tips for your authority sites, then please be sure to sign up for this weekend's webinars. The URL for sign up is authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar. They're completely free. And you can learn the exact techniques that Perrin used to turn $2,000 into an authority site worth over $200,000. So make sure to sign up and uh, we hope to see you there. Great. So uh, over the last six days, we've been covering quite a lot of uh, different different topics, but still like 95% of people listening are are not going to take action or they're not going to take the right action. Uh, You're underestimating distra- the audience, man. <laughs> <laughs> or they're, they're, they're going to get distracted. So in tomorrow's episode, um, we're going to focus on, we're telling you what to focus on. So we need to talk about something called the Pareto Principle, which is an 80-20 rule. And we're going to list out all of the things which we've explained over the past six days, present them to you in a basically like just focus on these things podcast. Yeah, I mean, we'll also probably help you sort out through all the New Year stuff that you must be bombarded with in the online marketing niche as well. And it's kind of like going to tie back a little bit to shiny object syndrome, but uh, it's going to be more practical. So... Uh, Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Ciao.